Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or Walmart.com. In this episode, you are going to learn about perinatal mental health with Anne Wanland from Canopy. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 197. Whether you are a new listener or you've been listening for a while, I am so glad that you are spending some of your time with me today. In today's episode, we have Anne Wandland. Anne is the CEO of Canopy, a company that is making mental health a standard part of care for expecting and new moms. Before Canopy, Anne led several maternal health-focused organizations in East Africa, but she was caught off guard when she experienced severe prenatal anxiety during her first pregnancy. 
And she reflected on the ways that she wished she would have empowered herself prenatally and postpartum to prevent that deep spiral that she had. She's thought about things like communicating her feelings better to her partner, her family, her labor and delivery team. She wished that she would have engaged in practices that she could have leaned on and accessed at her most vulnerable moments. She wished that she would have taken a more gentle and nurturing tone to her own self-talk during that vulnerable time. So her experience and reflection ultimately led her to create the Canopy app in tandem with some of the top perinatal mental health experts in the field and do that to give all parents access to clinically effective mental health therapies. Her mission is to make maternal mental health care universal to address the enormous care gap that we have. And it is so true that there is a huge, huge gap in the available services for perinatal mental health. So we dive into some of the financial, societal impacts of maternal mental health issues. And then you're going to learn what the Canopy app is. How does it work? Who is it for? It's, it's a really cool program, actually. The cost of it, the research that's been done to evaluate the effectiveness of the app, how the programs were developed that are in the app. It's a really rigorous background. It's you know, not like fly-by-night sort of thing. How does it work with traditional mental health services and so much more? Now, I want to be clear that I have no financial affiliation or incentive with the Canopy app. I just love to bring you all information about tools that may be helpful in your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum journey. And I believe that this is definitely something worth looking into and has a lot of potential to be incredibly helpful for many. Now, speaking of tools, another important tool is childbirth education. And if you have not done childbirth education, you should. There are options out there. And I happen to have a great one called the Birth Preparation Course. The Birth Preparation Course is my signature online childbirth education class that will get you calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful birth, especially in the hospital. You'll learn everything from getting in the right mindset to your birth to the details of all of the things that are happening in your body during labor and birth. You'll get prepared for any possible curveballs that may come your way. You'll learn how to make a birth plan in a way that actually works to help you have the birth that you want. And you'll get some information to help you get off to a great start postpartum. Thousands of women have gone through the birth preparation course and you should too check out all the details of the birth preparation course. I would love to have you head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right, let's get into the conversation with Anne Wanland from Canopy. so much, Anne, for agreeing to come on to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you talk about yourself and your work today. Thank you, Dr. Rankins. I'm really excited to be here. All right. So why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your work and your family, if you'd like. Okay. My name is Anne Wanland, and I live in Virginia. I have a three-year-old son. Okay. I'm currently expecting. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Right there <laughs> in it. And I live here with my husband and my company is focused on maternal mental health and taking a prevention and early intervention approach to maternal mental health conditions. Awesome. And this is something that we definitely need to do more about because we are kind of failing 
women miserably in our traditional system. So I know you started the company, it's Canopy, correct? Yeah. Yeah. After your own experience with perinatal anxiety. So can you tell us a little bit about what that was like for you? Yeah. You know, it was actually kind of a long winding and reluctant process. Mm. I actually have a maternal and child health background. I've worked mostly in global health on maternal and child health nutrition programs, actually, ah, okay. but also kind of other social support, designing interventions that serve lots and lots of pregnant or women or new moms. And I was really caught off guard by my experience. Mm. And it's not that, you know, I had actually, I've struggled with depression and anxiety as an adult off and on. Right. But I think I definitely underestimated how the pregnancy experience would affect my anxiety and Mm. realized that I, you know, basically didn't have any coping skills that would work for me while I was pregnant or that made sense for me. And it really kind of all came to a head in the postpartum period when, you know, it's just more responsibility, Mm -hmm. less sleep, more stress on relationships. And I had a, my one month well child visit Jack up and was screened for postpartum depression and couldn't actually talk, couldn't actually say one word during that appointment without oh, crying. Wow. And didn't actually receive any resources as a result of that screening or, you know, having you that seri- kind like, of yeah, interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of just something that I realized, you know, having a public health background, I was like, wow, we're, this is so common. We're screening for it. But then like, what is supposed to happen now? What right. do I do now? Right. And that just really stuck with me. I, oh, that's actually pretty mortifying because it's like, what's the, why are you going to ask and then not provide the help? It's almost like you're checking off the box, but not really helping people with the next step. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that. That was really, I, I really obsessed about this. And, you know, when we were starting the company, we actually talked to the talked to pediatricians and the American Academy of Pediatrics and found that a few of the issues were things like pediatricians, you know, aren't really the mom's doctor. Mm-hmm. They sometimes don't really know what to do mm-hmm. or, or where to send people. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, you know, is trying to be addressed, you know, but it's, it's really, it's just, there are so many like systemic level challenges. And I'm sure as an OB, you see this too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, Mm -hmm. it's not quite out of scope because you're the doctor of the mom, but it is a different area. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Expecting parents who are looking for great nursery decor, this message is for you. As you prepare for the beautiful journey ahead, let Home Threads be your partner in creating a serene nest for your growing family. At HomeThreads.com, explore a collection designed for comfort and style during this special time. From cozy nursery essentials to soothing rocking chairs, Home Threads has everything to create the perfect home for your little one and always at the best value. If you like unique items, then you definitely need to check out Home Threads. We got a silver picture frame from Home Threads that is absolutely beautiful. It's one of those timeless classic items that will last for years to come. 
and it fits in any space in your home. Be sure to visit homethreads.com forward slash Dr. Nicole today and receive a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. So you said you have a background in mostly maternal health nutrition. So exactly like what's your education? Like how'd you get to maternal health in general, I guess? <laughs> That's a really good question. So I started out actually working at the State Department in HIV AIDS and okay. was interested in the food and nutrition side of that, you know, the uh-huh. how our bodies come into this state. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do we do? What, you know, what is the role of food and nutrition mm-hmm. in keeping us healthy? Mm-hmm. And I, when I went to grad school, you know, it was really focusing on humanitarian work and international development work. That's what I was really interested in mm-hmm. after working internationally. And I got hooked up with some emergency doctors who worked at Massachusetts General Hospital who were doing emergency malnutrition interventions in Ethiopia and Uganda. Okay. So I joined really as a supply chain person, so really randomly, right. but I, I loved the the screening. I loved interacting with the moms and the mm-hmm. kids and just felt like such a root, you know, cause thing to be looking at, sure, you know, this sure. fundamental state. And so, yeah, I just kind of built my expertise by working on projects, designing mm-hmm. projects mm-hmm. and working abroad after, after grad school and taking, you know, food and nutrition and right. humanitarian classes in grad school. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about the numbers and kind of the impact that we know about maternal mental health issues just so we can orient people to that. Cause I don't know that people necessarily understand how major it is. So like how many women, especially in the U S are affected by perinatal mental health issues? Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting. So between one and five and one in seven, but our national screening rates are, so that puts us in the millions, our national screening rates are actually below 20%. Oh. Um, and about 30% of moms don't feel comfortable being honest on screening questionnaires like the Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale mm-hmm. for many reasons, you know, stigma, worries about what's going to happen to their kid if they're honest, sure. you know, what what is that next step going to be. Sure. And then also, you know, we do have a problem, which is that our, our screening tools are not necessarily um, going to be so accurate across demographic groups. They haven't been well tested or calibrated for all moms. And right. that I think is a big, it's a big limiting factor in the data, but it's really common, you know, mm-hmm. having anxiety or depression is the most common complication of pregnancy and childbirth. It is the most likely thing that will happen, mm-hmm. but the vast majority of people don't get any support at all. Right. Uh, and in terms of, you know, the numbers, you know, black women are twice as likely to struggle with a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Latino women, two to three times, mm-hmm. it's does not affect all of us equally mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly access to resources also does not affect us all equally. Sure. Um, so this is a really, you know, it is absolutely a public health issue because untreated depression is associated with, you know, cycles of inequality mm-hmm. and inequity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it perpetuates 
challenges that kids experience later emotionally, behaviorally, you know, academically. And so what really draws me to this topic is that it is a root, it's a root issue. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of influences. It's complex. There are so many reasons why this happens to us and why this period is so uniquely difficult, but we can't ignore that it's just it's a really acute time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I also want to mention that I, I think we're getting better about talking about depression, but we actually don't talk. I don't think enough about anxiety. I think I probably had anxiety after my first and not realizing what it was after having a preemie and, you know, those kinds of things. So I think it's important that, you know, I'm glad that we're talking about both depression and anxiety, because I think a lot of people don't realize that that can be an issue also. Yeah. And it's also devastating. I mean, low mood and depression, that's more studied and it's very, it's obviously very devastating and very, very challenging. But I would say that anxiety at this point feels a little bit more neglected. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in that there's also kind of a higher barrier then to getting support because mm-hmm. you think, well, am I bad enough? Or, you know, sure. I'm, I suppose I'm not, you know, I'm kind of getting through the day. Right. I can get out of bed, right. you know? And, and so the, the limitations of just focusing on depression are that we're missing a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. that's going on yeah, with people. For sure. For sure. So there's one thing to go from, I know I have this concern or I had this thing happen to me and getting help for yourself to starting a whole new company. So, <laughs> so how did you, let's talk about what is the Canopy app? And then like, how did you get to that point where you're like, this is what I think is a good idea to do? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you know, it, like now it feels so inevitable. Like, of course we would end up here. Of course, this is what I would be doing. Right. Um, but it, it's, you know, I really wanted to, we were transitioning back from, we were living in Tanzania, trans- uh-huh. transitioned back to the U.S. And I really did want to do something domestically. I wanted to do mm-hmm. something in the U.S. Sure. But my background actually really, in like most ways, didn't translate that well mm-hmm. to working in, you know, the structures and systems we have here. Right. And so I kind of knew that I would be forging my own path Mm -hmm. somehow. And I had been realizing how much I loved entrepreneurship and, you know, working with a team and working through big, big issues. And I thought, you know, this is massive. This is something where, you know, there is a big opportunity to make a big difference in people's lives if there is a solution, if there is something to actually do here. So then... You know, what we did was we really, we spoke to a lot of experts. I I mentioned the American Academy of Pediatrics. We talked to many OBs, Mm -hmm. ACOG, Mm -hmm. um, perinatal mental health researchers, Mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of moms, (laughs) um, community-based organizations. We were really trying to understand what the gap was, like what, what was really you know, fueling this issue. And mm-hmm. um, you say we, who is we? Oh, so it, me and my co-founder, who's also named Anne. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so she also has a public health background and we, um, yeah, so we were, we were working together, um, interviewing, you know, researching, just immersing ourselves in the research 
And we realized two really important things. One is that um, there is, and you, as a doctor, I'm sure you're very familiar with this concept, but treatment is prevention, where you can actually mm-hmm. deliver an intervention as a preventative measure. Sure. And that is can be really, really powerful. Sure. And that actually exists in mental health, too. And the other um, was that there were interventions that could be delivered at a population level uh-huh. that were shown to be effective right. and recommended by policy bodies like the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force for, at you know, a big kind of scalable level, right. delivering clinical techniques and, and programs that could um, could really support people. So what the Canopy app is is a the the app itself delivers. They're 12-day programs. They're Uh just two to two and a half hours long of audio, text, video exercises, interactive guided journaling and things like that um, in English and Spanish. And they're bite-sized, really, you know, tiny, you know, few minute long sessions. Uh You're thinking about, you know, a mom nursing or feeding her baby in the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) You're not accessing, you know, support in any other way at that point, Mm -hmm. but you might be really struggling. So Mm -hmm. we're thinking about these moments when people really, really need support and what really could work for anybody in their schedules. So we knew it had to be asynchronous. You know, you could just kind of work through it at your own time, regardless of your child care time resources. And so we were, we were kind of adapting existing research and treatment arms and then framing them in a compassionate, it's called compassion focused therapy, but the idea is that it reduces shame and stigma and opens us up to being more kind of really open to care and care seeking. So, um, it's it's this really beautiful way of kind of connecting with what are the biological or societal reasons we might feel some way and how can we use our minds and our bodies to feel calmer, to feel happier, to use the same techniques we use to soothe a baby, really, right. to soothe ourselves. Right. Um, and then the therapeutic techniques are cognitive behavioral therapy and interpersonal therapy techniques. That's the, the core of the program. But we also do, you know, virtual classes. We also are launching a community at the end of February um, where we're focusing on specific groups, subgroups within kind of people who are struggling to make sure that everybody feels like they have somewhere to go. We, We talk about relationships, bonding, baby development, sleep, feeding, all of the things that, you know, that, that are, feel very much, um, you feel very salient to whatever someone is going through in the expecting or postpartum period. Sure, sure. So a couple things that stood out for me. Number one, the prevention piece. Like, I don't know that we necessarily think of like how to prevent mental health things from popping up. So I love that. I think that's really important and crucial. And of course that you said it's bite-sized and you can do it whenever you, you know, you can. And it doesn't sound like it's very long or involved, but definitely has some, some benefits. Um, and I guess we'll talk, we'll get to like, have you tested it and things like that and people in research, but I'm curious, what is the cost? Like, how does that structure work? 
Yeah. So our goal is really that it ends up being free for Mm -hmm. every mom. So we're working with health systems, Mm -hmm. health plans. We actually have a partnership with the mayor of Washington, D.C. So it's free for moms in D.C. And it's also free if moms are struggling at all with bills or, you know, that we have a different path in. But then if you are just coming to the app directly and are kind of okay um, the f- initial cost is $48, but then we give you 50% back if you complete the program because ah, we're trying to get people to gotcha. <laughs> have the maximum impact right. and then it's $24. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So just like one time or monthly or just one time, because we really, we don't, we don't want people to stay on the app forever. I mean, mm-hmm. you can stay on it for as long as you sure. want, but we don't want to promise people, you know, like every month you'll feel better. Sure. better. But we really want people to do, do the program, uh-huh. get as much in whatever timeline they need, get uh-huh. as much as they can out of it. And then if it's not working for them to know quickly, so we can help connect you to additional resources. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favorite to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. So what research has been done to kind of evaluate the effectiveness of the program? Yeah. So we first, we, you know, only used some like the structure of things that had already been tested. Mm -hmm. And we were looking at meta-analyses, not just randomized controlled trials, Mm -hmm. but really summaries of of controlled trials Mm -hmm. to tell us, okay, this is this is what we think works about this sure, and that. Sure. And so for those of y'all listening, that is research speak for like the best types of studies to look at. So, <laughs> so randomized control trials are like the most rigorous, but then when you look at like all of the compilation of those together and then analyze it, like that adds another layer of data. So I'm saying all that to say, like, this is very serious, how you approached making sure that it's effective. 
we were very, we started from a research grant, so we had to be like really rigorous. And then also, you know, the public health sides of us, mm-hmm. like we, we wanted to make sure that we weren't putting something out there that could possibly, well, one, you know, make someone feel worse. Sure. So we went through a really rigorous process with that, but, but that had the very best chance of working. And then we did test it. We actually did it internationally. We recruited just using an online study platform. Um, We did a randomized controlled trial of expecting in new moms in different countries because we wanted to start to see if there were any cultural differences, if there was anything that we could understand about the types of people who might benefit and who might not benefit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the only statistically almost significant difference was that Older moms did slightly worse than okay. younger moms. Okay. That was really the only thing. Interesting. Um, and that you, the higher your initial Edinburgh postnatal depression scale score, like the, the scale that we use to compare the baseline, mm-hmm. what you started with, and the end line, what you ended with, the the moms who had higher initial scores had bigger drops, had a better outcome. Gotcha. So that is something... Um, that is interesting from the treatment as prevention approach mm-hmm. is we try to make sure the program's really relevant and really, you know, does a lot for people who might be at risk, but not actually experiencing sure. any really bad symptoms. Gotcha. Yet. Um, gotcha. So 79% of participants in our treatment group had a clinically significant improvement in their score. Uh-huh. So um, four or more points. Um, improvement on the Edinburgh postnatal depression scale. Uh Um, And that was just our initial research. We're actually working on getting a lot more clinical research. Mm -hmm. So actually working in a clinical setting um, started this year because that's really important for getting doctors like you on board. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) That is true. That is true. And tell me again, what is the optimal time for folks to go through the program? Is, or is there an optimal time? Yeah. You know, from a public health perspective, um, really as early as possible. So we just, um, we're actually doing focus groups on this now. We just launched a childbirth and coping around fear and anxiety, using your mind to calm yourself uh-huh. around childbirth. We're trying to get um, people earlier working on issues that are, are more relevant earlier in pregnancy. So it's really the best possible, ironically, time to do a program like this is before you start feeling low. Gotcha. Gotcha. So while you're still pregnant or do you wait until after you're done? Uh, pregnant is ideal. Okay. Um, yeah. But we, we, of course, are, you know, we, the, the program is for the whole perinatal period. Sure. We sure. customize what you see sure. and what you, sure. you know, sure. information you get, yeah. but it's, it's relevant yeah. for the whole period. Yeah. I feel like third trimester would be good. I mean, obviously I, I don't, you know, I'm not part of your program or anything like that, but just in general, I think we need to start and we're not trained to do this at all. Helping women towards like in the last 10 to 12 weeks of pregnancy, start preparing for postpartum because we focus so much on like you get to birth. And even that is like (laughs) the education we provide is, you know, um, spotty, but there's almost, we, we, we don't give people much preparation at all. And, uh, you know, maybe here's your breast pump and things like that, but just a more comprehensive approach to like 
hear anticipatory, like what is the next step in preparing people for it? Oh my goodness. I could not agree with you more. I mean, so we were in the hospital. I know you have experience with this too. We had um, a baby in the NICU for a little bit and I did not want to leave the hospital, Mm -hmm. but, and we had a few extra days, but we were, um, just drinking through a fire hose, you know, the hospital discharge folder now do this and this and this, and remember this and this and this. And I was so worried about what would happen Mm -hmm. when we got home. I just felt so unprepared. Mm -hmm. And that's really, you're, you're exactly right. We're trying to help people in that postpartum period plan for all the possibilities, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and really we promote things that are, we call them non-plans in a way. It's like, well, when things don't go quite according to plan, what are we going to do? How are we going to cope? Who's our support system? Because that's really when we need the most help and nothing ever goes according to (laughs) (laughs) that is that's that's life actually. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So yeah, it's just and and I think if I'm understanding correctly, you're approaching it from the perspective like this doesn't have to be labor intensive. Like this isn't a labor intensive thing. It's something that is fairly short, you know, the duration is short, but it can have a lot of benefits that can last. That's exactly right. You know, two hours is really what we're aiming for. Mm -hmm. That's kind of consistently what the research shows Mm -hmm. us in terms of what you need to do to have a sustained impact. Um, And so we're just constantly trying to get people to that, that two hours and trying different ways of, of doing it. Um, And you know, it's the, but, but that's absolutely right. You know, it can feel like hard work, but we try to make it feel as easy and pleasant as possible and relevant. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something we don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we do enough emphasis on helping folks like invest in themselves or like, it, it like taking the time, there's so much focus on the baby and the baby coming and without remembering that, like the most important piece of the baby being healthy is having healthy mom, healthy parents. And you, you want to, it, it we, we need to invest in ourselves and take that time. We're, we're worth it. And our children are worth it. So not to guilt trip anybody, but I just think our society doesn't allow us to like take that, you know, approach sometimes. That know? That's just so, so true and I just think that's such a common experience Mm -hmm. like a shared experience especially for moms and Mm -hmm. you know many of us take examples from what we saw Mm -hmm. at home or what we've seen you know whatever in society or as what quote-unquote good is supposed to look like and we form these rules in our heads thinking okay this is what I have to do this is what I have to do in order to do it well sure this is what but it's it's a really good opportunity to become aware of, you know, what is the source of those rules? What am, if I break that rule, is that really going to have the outcome that I worry about? Right, or you right. know, what is the real thing I'm, I'm looking to do here? But I couldn't agree with you more. I think the most critical thing is for parents to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kids pick up on when we're not doing sure. well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. And is this just for moms or is it for dads too? We have, we have four different channels Uh 
One is for new moms, okay. one's for expected moms, one's for people who identify as caregivers, uh-huh. and another is for fathers. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, interesting. Identify as caregivers. So that could be like grandparents or or something. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So then how does this interface with traditional mental health services? Yeah. So when we work with a health system or a health plan, what we do is we basically triage into covered services Okay. for people who are having maybe experiencing some more heightened or more acute symptoms. And then there's the, you know, we're still available. All of our more kind of scalable support is still available to those people, but it allows us to identify people earlier who might need support because it's always better to get someone into any form of treatment early than waiting sure. until it's too late. So sure. We're capturing risk factors. We look at social determinants of health. We look at, we really try to capture as much about the person as we can to understand, okay, you know, what is the full picture of support look like? And that can be, you know, in one partnership we have, we, we help people get into just individual therapy um, services. And in, in that case, we always try to vet the professionals to make sure they have a perinatal mental health experience sure. and, you know, are practicing evidence-based care. And then the, um, but we can also, you know, escalate people into other high-risk pregnancy services that might be offered. And, and we're doing that too, because there's so much overlap and it's just such a complicated time. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. But, so that, that's really how, how we do it. And then of course, in the app, we have in-app emergency calling and texting in English and Spanish to the maternal mental health hotline. Um, to warm lines, to other kinds of emergency support. So it's always a kind of a button, a way to get, you know, immediate 24-7 support. Gotcha. So this definitely is not like a replacement for traditional mental health services. It works with it and helps to connect people to it, hopefully in a more efficient way. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think one of the, especially moms in some integrated networks, or who have are uncovered by public plans, they might be waiting two or three months before they see a professional. Sure. And we need to be providing something in that period yeah. for it is mm-hmm. to make sure people are getting some form of support. So we really are, are very focused on that gap mm-hmm. in prevention and what is happening in that period for other folks before they can get more support. Gotcha. 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 All right. Well then as we wrap up, what would you say is the most frustrating part of your work? Oh, you know, I think it's that I feel so urgent about this mm-hmm. issue and I feel like it should be everybody's top priority. <laughs> and healthcare has a lot of things going on. Right. Right. Other things too. <laughs> but, but I think it's, you know, I think there are so many, and we kind of talked about it a little bit. There's so, there, there's so little understanding of maternal mental health conditions right now, and relatively, given the magnitude and the severity of you know what is experienced, I mm-hmm. think very little investment and focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then, what is the most rewarding part of your work? 
the the moms <laughs> getting, you know we we get a lot of so we we do a lot of interviews with our our moms mm-hmm. just to make sure you know is this how how are you finding this where can we improve sure and how many moms have you had participate in it we've had just over 5000 oh wow so okay we, we got some moms um we've got lots of moms and i'm hoping you know this is a year where we've gotten a lot of our foundation built and uh-huh. we're ready to grow. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping we, we get, you know, 10 times that. Absolutely. Many yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but you say connecting with the moms and hearing their stories is some of the most rewarding part. Yes, absolutely. I think that's what keeps us going yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. So then what is your favorite piece of advice that you would give to expectant parents? You know, I think it's related to what we were talking about, which is that I think we can really lose ourselves in mm-hmm. the process of, of caring for a child. And that can feel like the right thing in the moment mm-hmm. or feel like the noble thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I think really identifying early on what are the things that are going to keep you going? How can you, you know, it's not all going to look the same we can't do all the same things that we used to do, but what are the things that really matter to you that really make you feel like you, you know, that makes you feel alive, that you can bring through, carry through that period and really set an example for your, your kid. Yeah. You know, learn learn from us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So then where can people learn more about Canopy? So you can find us on the app store if you search for Canopy for parents. And then um, our website is www.canopy.app. And then, yeah, at the the end of this month, we'll be launching our community platform. So hopefully by the time this podcast airs, Mm -hmm. people will have yet another form of support that they can access through the app. Awesome. And Canopy is spelled how? Yes. (laughs) Not, not, not the way it's supposed to be spelled. (laughs) C-A-N-O-P-I-E. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for agreeing to come on to the podcast. I love to share things with folks that I think have a lot of promise and to help really help people in ways that are new, innovative, but also like easy to do and not like adding another thing to your plate. So I appreciate your time for sure. Thank you, Dr. Rankins. It has been such a pleasure talking with you and um, you're doing such great work by sharing information and education in such a relatable and bite-sized way. I follow you on Instagram. Oh, thank you. Wasn't that a great conversation? I think this app can be really, really helpful. And I love how she took her personal experience and turned it into something positive where she's trying to help so many more people with their own maternal mental health. Now, you know, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, where I do my top three or four takeaways from the conversation. Here are my Dr. Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Ann. Number one, I really appreciate and love how this app takes a prevention approach. We do not do enough, especially in the traditional U.S. medical system, to focus on prevention. Prevention is a really important part of health, and I wish we focused on it more. We take a very much so disease-focused problem 
focused approach to health. And I just really love how this is a prevention approach to help keep things from getting, you know, so bad that you may not even need more severe or more intense services. Number two, be selfish with pouring into yourself. As you're having a baby, as you're pregnant, uh, there is so much emphasis on the baby and things for the baby. And here comes the baby and all of that is fine and good. But one of the things that I always say is that you cannot have a healthy baby without having a healthy mom. So be selfish with pouring into yourself and your own health and your own well-being. That is actually the first step in order to have a healthy baby. So pour into yourself, pour into your mental health, take that time to do so. And then the final thing I'll say is that Taking care of yourself, pouring in yourself doesn't have to be time intensive, right? This particular app, she said it's like a two and a half hour program. As much as we scroll on social media and things like that, you can find those few minutes a day to take time and invest in yourself and invest in your health because you are 1000% worth it. You are worth that investment of time. Okay. And this is such a better way to use technology, right? Like we all know that we walk around with these personal computers in our hands and they're extremely useful, but they can also be incredibly harmful. We know that social media can be harmful to our health and we can get sucked into things and it's not, you know, necessarily healthy, but this is a great way to use technology in a positive way and to take care of yourself and to do so in a way that doesn't have to be time intensive. And speaking of time, the birth preparation course doesn't take that much time either. It's about 10 hours of content for the entire course. You can binge it in a weekend, or you can do a little bit over the course of a few days or, you know, a couple weeks or a couple months, even if you wanted to, because you can join the birth preparation course at any time. So do check out the birth preparation course, my online childbirth education class that gets you calm, confident and empowered for birth. Check it out at drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right. So there you have it. Do me a solid share this podcast with a friend. Sharing is caring and it helps me to fulfill my passion and purpose of reaching and serving more folks. So share this podcast, please. I would so, so appreciate it. Also subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening to me right now. And let me know what you think about the podcast. I love it when folks send me DMs on Instagram and just tell me their thoughts about the show. You can also fill out things like the reviews on Apple Podcasts, but just a DM is fine. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins and just shoot me a note. Let me know what you think about the episodes because I absolutely love to hear from you. All right. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.